Do you know who was named the best putting mat in 2022 by my golf spy? It was the mats from Birdie Ball. It'll help you sink more putts and make more birdies with a Birdie Ball putting green, all in the comfort of your own home. Check out Birdie Ball online at birdieball.com. Birdie Ball is here to make golf more fun and accessible. Find out more at birdieball.com. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Tomorrow's going to be better than today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Grilling at the Green here on the iHeart uh, Golf News Network 24-7 on the pods and also Portland, Seattle, Texas, Oklahoma, another a bunch of incendiary places around the country. I'm JT, your host. Uh, we'd like to thank the folks at uh, uh, Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and also the Oregon Crab Commission. I love working with their products too. Uh, from sea to plate is their slug line there. So it's uh, it's well worth it. So if you can put your hands on some Oregon Dungeness crab, do it. You won't be disappointed. Well, our guest this week is Jeff Peterson. Weather uh, goes by Weather Hack on X Twitter. That always reminds me of like uh, the arm artist formerly known as Prince, you know, when they <laughs> say that. Um, Jeff lives in the Las Vegas area. He's an Air Force veteran. How we met, just so you know, is through Golf Chat. Uh, Jeff's the head honcho on Golf Chat. And uh, every Tuesday night, they come on uh, X or Twitter. And he has a series of about five or six questions. Sometimes he creates them. Sometimes people send them in. It's a lot of fun. I always enjoy looking forward to it because I can really kind of lay out a little sarcasm there. But Jeff, welcome, my friend. Thank you very much, Jeff. I'm uh, glad to be here. I'll get the name of the host and the guest right today. I'll put it that way. I, uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, let's do a little bit about your uh, military service first, and then how you got into being a trained weather observer. Ah, well, man, that's a long story. Uh, I did well, like the, uh, we got ten I minutes. Like the, yeah. Okay. Uh, I did about the six-year program in college, and ran out of money said, hey, I'm going to make money and go back to school. Well, then I had to go pay rent, do all that other stuff on my own. And I just kind of went, well, this isn't working. So, and my happiest college classes were in meteorology. Uh So then I started looking at the military as a way to get experience and then maybe go to National Weather Service or something like that. And so... I looked at the Navy and I'm like, ah, six months on boats. No. Uh, Marines. Yeah, no, I'm not a Marine. Those guys are, those guys are a different breed and I love them to death. And then I went air force and walked in, walked into the recruiter. And next thing you know, I'm off to basic training. (laughs) Well, at least you kind of get to fly for free sometimes when you're with the air force. Uh, Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes. No. Right. You know, right. Some, sometimes, you know, you, you know, you would get like preferential boarding. That's about it. Or when the Air Force would send you to school or something like that. Yeah. You yeah. You'd get a get a flight for free. I have a brother in law who was in the Air Force and uh, he was stationed Virginia, South Carolina. But wherever he was, there was a hub at the airport. And that's where yep. 
people coming from active duty to go to another base or whatever. They all came right. through his base. And okay. he always he always said, because I know he doesn't listen to the show or neither does his wife, so I won't get him in trouble. But he said, when you found a good looking girl come through, you just kind of delay her orders for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those, those paperwork guys, they know, yeah. how to, they know how to do things. Yeah, they did. So um, when you got out of the service, did you did you have aspirations of, you know, being uh kind of an Al Roker kind of guy on national television, or did you just want to really stay in the, in the weather service? Well, jokingly, like I do have a broadcasting minor and I was jokingly said that I had a face made for radio. Oh yeah. So, so there goes all the dreams of going to the weather channel or anything like that. Um, honestly, I, you know, I stayed in 22 years, so I retired from the air force and my last two and a half years, I got into the civilian side working at Omaha's airport. Okay. And so after I retired, I've been working on the civilian side ever since. And so do you actually go into the airport every day and every up in the day. tower, up in the tower? Or are you in a, a bunker somewhere just looking at computer <laughs> models no, or I'm, what? I'm actually, I'm actually in a building right at the base of the tower. I have my own office. Some locations at different airports, they're, they're directly in the tower. In Omaha, my building was like two miles away from the terminal, basically at the end of a runway. Sure. So, you know, it varies depending on location. So how close do you uh, work with the airlines as far as, and I know you're on the civilian side now, but when you see something on the map, if you see this big storm front coming in, or believe me, I've been caught, I've flown enough over the years. I'm a 2 million miler, Jeff. So, uh, you know, you, you get in turbulence, you get all that, you know, when it's clear and sunny, you, a lot of times you can't see the turbulence, but when there's clouds or there's a possibility of snow or freezing rain or ice or something like that, how does that work? You just call up and say, Hey, Bob, you got, you got a rough patch coming in. Yeah, no, not really. I'm not rarely in, I should say I'm rarely in contact with the airlines. They have their own weather people at like the headquarters, like Southwest will have theirs in Dallas, United has theirs in Chicago, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my job is to basically make things easier for air traffic control and airport operations. Okay. And, uh, you know, it doesn't come into play a lot here because obviously Vegas has a lot, you know, really nice weather, but in Omaha or something like that, I would tell airfield ops, like they have, their ha they have a snowstorm going on right now. I would say, Hey, you've got about two hours to get ahead of the snow plow or the plowing of the runways before the next wave of heavy snow comes through. Okay. Or, um, during thunderstorm season, it's like, okay, you've got about 35 minutes before the storm hits. So you want to get the fuel guys off the ramp. You want to get the baggage handlers off the ramp and stuff like that. That's kind of what, uh, where I specify. Okay. So does that also apply to like, if there's an issue on the ground, we've all been through it and they have to put you in a holding pattern because they've got too many trying to, too many planes trying to get on the ground and get out before a weather uh, experience happens. Um. Yes. Yeah, it does. Um, I don't make that call. I sure. just let air traffic control know what's going on. And then it's all up to them. 
Well, see, I'm not looking for somebody to blame, Jeff, honestly, but <laughs> but uh, I've been in enough holding patterns, you know, spent a, spent a week one night in Cleveland, that type of thing. So oh, yeah. it, it's really interesting to me. So right now, folks, if you don't know this, because we record the show, uh, you know, previous to the air date, we've got a little thing happening here in the Northwest and in the Portland area where I live. And as Jeff and I were talking off off uh, before we started recording the show, I said, should say we've got weather coming in from the Pacific Ocean. We've got cold air coming down from Alaska and Canada. And they always seem to meet right down between Seattle, Portland, like Eugene. And we're in this little bowl here where everything just kind of stacks up is the, we're one of the few places in the in our country where that happens. You know, we you got Florida, you got stuff coming in off the Gulf or the Atlantic and the Bahamas and that. And in Southern California, you never know what the hell's going on down there. So right. how how aware before they fly should people be of the, the potential weather? And before you're heading out on a very expensive golf trip, you know, very, very, very. very. I, and it's easier than ever now, because. With all the apps and the availability of information, you should never get caught short on, um, you know, especially like long-term. Sure. Like say, okay, I'm wearing the shirt, Bandon Dunes. Hey, I'm going to Bandon. Now I should know, you know, what to expect, what to pack. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, mother nature will bite you in the butt, you know, happens, happened to me a lot. Um, yeah. you know, you get that pop-up thunderstorm and which will throw that monkey wrench you know, when, you know, when you give them the, the 20% chance of a thunderstorm and well, that 20% hits, yep. um, you know, then you get stuck, but, um, you know, every, whoops, excuse me. Everything, right. Everything's available. Okay. Okay. Everything's available. I mean, you know, and you know, I'm not going to recommend one weather app over the other cause they're all basically the same until you get into the pay to play. Yeah. Right. Right. We're going to take a break. I'm going to be back with my buddy, Jeff Peter Peterson from Las Vegas, um, also known as the weather hack on X, formerly known as Twitter uh, golfer. We will be talking about golf very shortly and um, Air Force veterans. So we thank you for that. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Hi, I'm JT, and I'm thrilled to announce our further collaboration with Painted Hills Natural Beef to bring you your best barbecue experience. As a special treat, Barbecue Nation listeners get a 15% off discount by just typing in the code Barbecue Nation when you check out. So all you got to do is go to the Painted Hills Natural Beef website, click on the store, place your order, and when it has discount or code at the bottom, type in BBQ Nation. Don't miss out on this really juicy deal from Painted Hills Natural Beef. <laughs> Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JP. Today we're talking with my friend Jeff Peterson from Las Vegas, who's a meteorologist, uh, the head honcho at Golf Chat. Um, you know, it's always amazing to me that up here we're kind of battle hardened, Jeff, as far as if it's going to rain, you just put on your rain gear, you know. Right. And I'm getting to the point in my life where it's if it's raining too hard, it's like, no, I'll watch it on TV. <laughs> you know, right. I don't, I don't yeah. want to do that. I've done that too much, but 
We have this little segment coming into this part of the show where we ask our guests to give a golf travel tip. Um, and you're very well traveled and you're very familiar with the weather more so than 99.9% .9 of the people out there. So what would you recommend that, uh, a, a good travel tip is for people? Always bring extra golf shoes. I agree. That, you know, I mean, then you can go into, you know, make sure you buy a quality travel bag and, you know, lots of different ways to pack the bag to try to prevent damage. But as we've seen, even a hard case can get messed up. Yeah. But yeah. No, I mean, like, especially if you're going someplace where you're walking and you're walking two rounds a day. Like banded dudes. <laughs> banded. That, I always... You know, I always have extra shoes, especially abandoned. And, you know, so just so you can take a break between rounds, go in, change shocks, change shoes, and then at least have a little bit of fresh feeling in your feet before you go out again. There you go. That's a great tip. Uh, that's Jeff Peterson, our uh, meteorologist. Our right now he's our resident meteorologist <laughs> here on Grilling at the Green, but also the head guy at Golf Chat on Twitter. We're going to talk about that. We'd like to thank the folks at Weston Kia for making these golf tip trip tips possible. I can't ever say that, Jeff. <laughs> anyway, um, I could have written that easier, you know, but not me. I had to do it the hard way. Oh, heck yeah. Um, let's talk about Golf Chat. We've got about five minutes here for the next okay. break. Um, I just kind of stumbled across you guys a couple of years ago or whatever. What's okay. the, what's the backstory and the history of golf chat? Boy, I wish I could tell you. No. Okay. I, um, I am the fourth or fifth host. I I'm not a hundred percent sure. I got randomly paired out here in Vegas with a guy from Twitter <laughs> and he goes by one bearded golfer. Yeah. I'm familiar. And yeah. Um, he even, he does a, a pod called blind shots, okay. but he, you know, I spent, spent a, a round with him and he got me into golf chat and then I just started participating and let's see. And then there was, since I've been, it's been uh Ben Green. And Jay Wallace, who's up from your your neck of the woods, right? Yes. And then I then I took over from Jay. Oh, okay. It was it was started by I think someone in California, but I can't. Like I said, I don't know the whole details. Well, it's yeah, I could see where it would be, even though it's only once a week. But to come up with six fresh questions every week, uh, and then manage it. You know, know when right. to fire off the next question, do all that. I, uh, I've been in those situations, but not with golf chat. Um, uh, and I don't want to do golf chat. I like, <laughs> I like writing sarcastic and humorous answers and, and go from there. And sometimes you get some really thoughtful answers from some of the participants. So I would sure. recommend people listening to this. If you're on Twitter, just, uh, look out, look up real, uh, golf chat and, um, uh, this is the man that's running it and you'll have some fun. I think sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. So, yes. some, sometimes you can, uh, you can kind of be sarcastic and, you know, snarky and stuff like that. And sometimes you got to take it seriously. It's all depends on, and sometimes you can mix it up. Yeah. I try to poke fun at myself mostly. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. 
if if I can poke fun at myself and get the point across, I'm I'm good. I don't like pointing at other people and saying, you know, hey, doofus, you know, like that. I don't do that. I uh, I try to put myself right in the crosshairs, and I do a very good job of it most of the oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm an expert because I have I have those short game issues that I always yes yes I. <laughs> My, my, you know, I'm pretty good, uh, except from the T box to the flag. Other than that, I've, <laughs> I've got it. I've got it down pretty well. Nice. So, um, Jeff, what do you think is the most fun you've had doing golf chat as far as answers or participants or even crazy questions that people have submitted and you've gone ahead and I, used? Yeah, I think some, you know, I think it's when I when I really go out and ask for questions. Sometimes you'll get a couple of doozies that you'll just sit there and laugh. Yeah, you know, I and I think that's fun because see, not every golfer and not everybody on golf chat um, thinks the same way about the game. Right. You know, you got you got the guys that take it. Oh God, this is serious. And then you got guys who crack a beer as they're walking up to the first tee. Right. You know, you got guys that play high end courses. You got guys that play, you know, pasture pool, basically, mm-hmm. kind of like I grew up, you know. So, you know, you can't just channel anything to one particular group. Yeah, I can I can see that. I can see that in your questions, too, because um Obviously, the way some people answer the question, you can tell that they've played at Pebble a half a dozen times, yes. you know, or they've been invited to play Augusta or something like that. Oh, and then yeah. and then you've got the hacks like me that get out there and uh, we've got a $10 course across the freeway from where I live. We also have a very opulent course, which is right behind our house. Right. But if you want to just go you know, kill an hour and a half and play nine and walk around. Nobody's ever run that $10 course. It's all flat sand greens like that, but you've got folks like that too. So I think it's, I think that speaks uh, indicatively of the whole golf genre. We're, we're such a wide and varied group. Yes. I mean, you know, and that's kind of what's cool about it too. Yeah, it is. It's very cool. Um, Jeff and I are going to take another break here. We've got to, uh, do a little business here, but we're talking with Jeff Peterson, uh, golfer, uh, Graham Puba of Golf Chat on Twitter, uh, X, excuse me, meteorologist, Air Force vet. And uh, we're going to talk about his golf game when we come back. So please stay with us. You're listening to Grilling at the Green. <laughs> Do you know who was named the best putting mat in 2022 by my golf spy? It was the mats from Birdie Ball. It'll help you sink more putts and make more birdies with a Birdie Ball putting green, all in the comfort of your own home. Check out Birdie Ball online at birdieball.com. Birdie Ball is here to make golf more fun and accessible. Find out more at birdieball.com. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. 
Uh, I better turn on my clock here. And uh, we thank you for listening today. I've got Jeff Peterson with me, who's the head of Golf Chat. I'm pushing Golf Chat for no other reason than I think it's a lot of fun. And it's something to look forward to for about an hour every Tuesday night. You can answer at your own pace. You don't have to answer the questions right then. You don't have to answer them at all. But if you want to have some fun, check out uh, Golf Chat on uh, on X, Twitter, or whatever. Also, we'd like to thank... Um, Let's see, who do we need to thank this time? Oh, yes. Again, Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. I've been with the Painted Hills folks for a long time, do it on my TV work and stuff. And I got to tell you, some of the best beef, if not the best beef in the world. And I've eaten food all over the world. Also, John Breaker and his family back at Birdie Ball. Uh, if you want a really fun little practice tool, not very expensive, you hit them. They look like napkin rings. They don't go more than 40 yards. That is if you really smack them. Check out birdieball.com. And my co-host on the barbecue show, Leanne Whippen. Uh, her dad created this thing called pig powder and it won the best rub on the planet award mm. i use it in a lot of things we use it on tv uh you won't be sorry go to pig powder pigpowder.com and check that out i'll have to send you some jeff if you oh perfect i know i've i've you've reached out a couple of times for some cooking tips barbecue tips so i'll make sure we get you some there um Great. So let's talk about your golf game. How much of your golf game is reflective in the questions that you write? Wow. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, really not much other than like when I do poke fun at myself with the short game issues that I have or yeah. have had for my entire golf life. You know, it's just, you know, it's down to acceptance now, basically. You know, I've gone through the grieving stage. <laughs> And just, you know, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, and, I get it. I get yeah, it. When back, did you back in, back in the day, I may have had to sacrifice a wedge or two just because it was misbehaving. Yeah. Well, sometimes they do better off in other places on the planet than they do yeah. in your golf bag, you know, exactly. take, take up a new residence, so to speak. Exactly. Did but you start playing when you were a kid? I did. With your dad did, or brothers um, or something? Uh, no, actually my grandparents on my mom's side of the family were both golfers, both very good. You know, my dad's side of the family didn't play, but, you know, started off, you know, slapping it around grandpa's yard a little bit. Right. And then, you know, at some point in the early seventies, around 10 years old, you know, got my first set, a little Kmart beginner set. Yeah. My a guy that is on our show frequently, Bruce Furman, who's a you know rated golf digest top one hundred teachers and all that okay. stuff. He talks about he grew up in Iowa and then he went to school in Texas and stuff. And and he talks about getting his first set was a a Laura was it Laura Bird Laura Boss one of the yeah. there's a lot of Lauras in the LPGA back then and right not so much today. But he said he got a you know. A ten dollar set from Kmart, and that's the mm -hmm. and, and he still had the driver. He doesn't use it, but he he kept it after all these years. Oh, doubt about hey, hey, it. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, Bruce is our age, so that's that's saying something. He's got a museum piece there. Exactly. Okay, so like that. So when did you know you were hooked? Pretty much the first time I played. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, when I because my grandparents also kind of like what you were saying had the the little cheap course right across the road from their house and nobody ever played it so we could go out there my brother and I could just go out there and slap it around to our heart's content yeah it you know it's funny and I'm I'm assuming that when your first set you had uh well they weren't hickory shafts but they were wooden 
club heads as far as oh, the yeah. driver and the three and that type of thing screws yep. you know heavy stainless steel or aluminum shafts and yeah and that and um and if you didn't hit blades yeah and if you didn't hit the golf ball very well with it you could use them in the garden yeah exactly they could break up dirt clods like a mother i know that for a fact <laughs> <laughs> so once you knew you were hooked did you start playing on a regular basis did you play in school um did did how many times did it affect your arriving on time for the Sunday family dinner? You know, like <laughs> now, um, I didn't play. I mean, I played during the summers. I was mostly involved in baseball uh-huh. and they didn't, especially at that time, they're like, you don't play golf and play baseball on the same time. And so, cause it'll screw up your swing. And then, yeah. you know, you roll into football season. So it's like, you know, I played when I could, when I was a kid, but I didn't do anything like play for a school or anything like that. Yeah. They should ask John Smoltz about that playing golf and screwing up your, uh, you know, your swing and playing baseball. I think he's, he's the epitome of it. That's not true. Particularly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to get him on the show sometime. Were you able to play when you're in the service? I know the military has got some nice golf courses, not just here in the States, but around the world. Yeah. I, played uh that's where i really really got into it because um the weather business at the time and, and at some bases it still is it's 24 7 business yeah so a lot of times you know i'd work weekends but i'd have tuesday and wednesday off and my wife said my wife would go to work and i and we didn't have kids at the time especially the, my first assignment um and I drop her off at work and just go play until it was time to pick her up. Well, that's not a bad day. That's not a bad day. Yeah, that's not a that's not a bad day. And, and the the rates were very cheap. And yes, there are some absolutely gorgeous golf courses out there in the military, and there are some that aren't. But yeah, you know, it's like yeah. anywhere. Oh yeah. I had a client when I was in the horse business, Jeff, he was a, uh, he was in the air force actually. And I don't know what he maybe got up to be a captain, maybe okay, something like that. His job was to play golf with the generals. If yeah. you know, he was kind of an attache, if you will, with a golf bag. And if they had generals coming into Okinawa, for example, mm-hmm. um, they would take him with them. He was stationed. He was stationed in Washington and they would, they would, you know, say, Aaron's you're going with me this week, pack your bags like that. And they'd be gone for a week. And and I said, well, Steve, how long were those meetings? He goes, Oh hell, they were deadly. They were 45 minutes. And then the rest, the rest of the time we were on the golf course. Oh yeah. How do you get a job like that? I have no idea. Well, he was a scratch golfer, though. I mean, yeah, well, that that helps. Yeah, you know, and you can't you can't be a general's aide and be a chop, especially if the go- if the general likes to play. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was, you know, he said, "Oh yeah," he said, "I played with some guys that were just horrid." And I said, "Well, that would be me." Yeah. Uh, but he said, uh, "As long as you had the patience," and I never suggested things unless they asked. If right. they ask, I would help them and we could straighten out some small parts of their game. And then they were always wanted to take me on the next trip. So nice. I know, I don't know what his technically his real 
job was supposed to be, but yeah. that became his full-time job for like six years. So good for him. Yeah. That's I, what I, I think. Yeah. Odds are that's not being done anymore. <laughs> you know, with, with, you know, with everything going on, you know, since like basically 1990. Yeah. I think know. this was in the, I would guess it was in the late sixties through the mid seventies. Sure, I, yeah. I haven't seen him in a long time. He may not still be alive. He was a lot older uh, than I was when I met him, but that was his job. And oh, I sure. Thought, That's a hell of a job. Jeez. Yeah, it is. So how's your golf game changed over the years, Jeff? Um, I have used to hit it long with a big, with a big draw. Then it went to a turn signal hook, basically. <laughs> So then I taught myself how to hit a fade and got down to about a one at one point. And then all of a sudden that didn't work. And now I'm in the process of rebuilding it again. Yeah. And, and for the first time in my life, I'm taking lessons. Really? Um, yeah. Distance has never been an issue. I don't hit it as far obviously as I used to, given the fact that I'm old, but you know, for my age, I get it out there pretty well. Yeah. That's kind of my deal too, is the control. I've never had too big of an issues with, you know, putting the mileage on, so to speak. Right. It's, it looks good when it starts and then kind of, you know, 150 yards out there, it starts deciding, you know, which exit it's going to take. Exactly. (laughs) Then you got to put on the turn signal. Yeah. You got to put on (laughs) it. Sometimes we've had to shoot up flares and stuff to go find the damn thing, but (laughs) you know, it's just one of those things. And I think that's probably indicative of, uh, you know, when you get over 50 type thing, but I, I, I mean, I've got the same problem. Listen, uh, uh, Jeff Peterson and I are going to take a break here, and we're going to be back in just a few minutes with more uh, on Grilling It's Green. We're going to wrap that part up, and then we're going to do the after-hours lightning round with Jeff and see how he fares with that. Please stay Uh with us. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. A um, couple of things here real quick. I wanted to talk to you uh, briefly about uh, Hammersall Knives and Heritage Cookware. I just We just started using those products on my cooking stuff, and I'm really impressed with them. Hammersall is, of course, great German steel. Heritage is from a uh, family-owned company in uh, Tennessee. They're both the same outfit. And uh, you can go to either one of their websites, hammerstallknives.com or heritagecookware.com, and uh, give them a look. Give them a try. They're they're very good. Uh, they work well, not just for the kind of the stuff that Leanne and I do, but at home, daily use. Uh, if you're into barbecue or, you know, really trying to improve your skills, I would recommend Hammerstall or Heritage. That's uh, I would. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, and like I said, Jeff is going to stick around for after hours. Uh, with us um were you ever in danger of being called back into service like you know 20 years ago or so when we started messing around the middle east and all that well that that's right when i was in so i've been i've been over to that part of the world more times than i care to think about 
So, you know, in, including including a summer in beautiful downtown Baghdad. Yay. Yay. Um, <laughs> I spent some time in beautiful downtown Riyadh, and actually Riyadh is kind of pretty in its own sense, but I'm surprised you spent that much time over there and still have trouble in the bunker with all that sand. <laughs> actually, here's the funny thing. My short game issues are only in the fairway. Really? Yeah, yeah. I can I my bunker game while it's not great, but I'll get out of the bunker and out of the green and onto the green. Yeah. Which is really, you know, rule one is get out of the bunker. Right. Yeah. So and then coming out of the rough is really not an issue either. Uh, but yeah, my my uh wedge heebie-jeebies are are all off the fairway. Huh. I I'm just crappy with them all anymore so i don't worry about it i just hit it, <laughs> hit it like that i will say that i did get to play golf over there and i was in a little town called uh Darab, which is about 90 clicks out and that's where there's a lot of expats there from the oil companies so they right. built them a little nine hole golf course there i still got a hat from it huh. and there was uh you know you can't play on that course or similar courses over there like in abu dhabi and that and worry right about the sand because there's sand everywhere you know right. it's you, you got to target the grass and try to keep going forward right um uh, and uh that that was a learning experience for me mm -hmm. and uh and you're not supposed to drink at least in the kingdom uh we did not obey that rule um uh, when we were on the golf course but it, it was a lot of fun and i was surprised when i pulled up and kind of you know it's a bit desolate out there where I was uh, right. outside of the city. As you know, if you've been in Baghdad and that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And and then you see these kind of patches of green mm -hmm. around in, in, in kind of a uniform symmetrical. And you say, is that a golf course? And they say, yep, that's yep. the only one we got here. So yeah. did you ever play over there? Or did you get over to the Emirates and play? Um, yeah, I actually have been over to Abu Dhabi and played there once and rental clubs, the whole nine yards. Sure. Obviously I'm not going to bring my golf clubs going over there. That's interesting. What was it like? It was hot and it was humid. It was probably the most humid. I have humidity I've ever experienced. And that's even spending time in the Southeast U S and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, because I can tell you it, in the kingdom, it was not humid. It was just hot. Right. Period there. And um, you could see guys out there on the on the course that were dressed in their native garb. Right. Um, you know, kind of like, how do you how do you hit a golf ball with a bathrobe on? I just don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. Given the given some of the swings I put on a ball, maybe I need to try that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Jeff, real quick before we get out of this part of the show, tell them again how they can find you on uh, on X slash Twitter slash Elon's Experiment, and uh, uh, tell them about Golf Chat real quick. Okay, Golf Chat really Tuesday nights ever at uh, eight thirty Eastern, five thirty Pacific. Look for at Real Golf Chat on Twitter, or just go for the hashtag Golf Chat, and that'll lead you there. I just answer or I just ask. Six questions a night or or six questions every Tuesday night. And you can answer them at your own pace. And who knows, you might connect with people and end up on golf trips with some of them. There you go. Uh, you'll see, a, you'll see some good answers. You'll see some bad answers. You'll see serious, sarcastic. You'll see everything. Oh, and also, you know, if you just want to follow me at weather hack, I'd appreciate that too. There you go. 
Jeff Peterson, live from Vegas today. We appreciate it, buddy. We're going to get out of here. Jeff is sticking around for the after hours. So uh, if you listen to this on the radio, terrific. We thank you for that. If you listen to it on the pod platforms out there, uh, God, we're on a ton of them. Uh, we appreciate that, too. So for Jeff Peterson, I'm Jeff Tracy. We thank you for listening to Grilling at the Green. And we'll be back next week. Do what we always say. Go out, play some golf, and be kind. Take care, everybody. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.